This is Walter Day, the guy in the referee shirt, and you're listening to Atari Bites. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 145. Thanks for listening. And guess who's back? Bob. Henry's back. Yay. No. My name is Pirate Bob. Oh, I'm sorry. How are you, Pirate Bob? Bob. Bob. Well, you're dressed like a pirate, though. My name's Bob. Bob. Why are you dressed like a pirate, Bob? I'm Bob. This is a pirate of few words. But he is. He's got the pirate hat and the sword and the uh, the thing on his head. Where's the rest of your costume? The, the shirt and the eye patch and stuff. I'm Bob. I'm Bob. Okay. Apparently all he's going to say is he's Bob. Well, that was enlightening. All right. What should we do first? Eh, let's do one of these. Gonna prove that the world is flat. In his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. I'm Bob. And in case you're wondering, Bob is still Bob. I'm Bob. When last we left you, Mad Mike was running for governor. He was appearing on the CBS Morning Show. And now he has an appearance. I think I talked about this. October 26th, he posted, don't forget to come by the Noise TV booth. And you know this is a quality network because they spell noise, N-O-I-Z-E, and say hi. Saturday, October 27th, today as I'm recording, and then again tomorrow, meet your candidate, Mad Mike Hughes. And they got a picture of Mike with the shades pointing at us, I guess, kind of an Uncle Sam kind of thing. Hashtag wasted2018. Among the comments... A wise man once told me, never trust a politician in sunglasses in a campaign ad. Somebody else posted, I'd vote for him, but I don't live in Nevada. Yeah, I guess I haven't been clear. Lately, I was thinking he lived in California, but I think he might actually live in Nevada. I'm not sure, and frankly, I don't care that much. The follow-up to those two comments was Mike himself saying, I'm glad I'm not running for office. I don't know what actually he was going to be doing at the Surf City Blitz at Huntington State Beach. He posted earlier in the week, fantastic episode from our friends over at Noise TV featuring George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. Not sure why he posted that, but all right. A link to the interview with Tosh, uh, Daniel Tosh. Mad Mike Hughes talks about launching himself in a homemade rocket to promote the flat earth theory. Contains strong language. Um, that's about it lately. Lots and lots of Mad Mike enjoying his pseudo-fame. Not so much stuff about rockets. All right, do you have anything to say about Mad Mike? I'm Bob. Bob. I'm Bob. All right, and with, and with that scintillating analysis, <laughs> let's close the book this week on Mad Mike Hughes. Close. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes.
Hey, you know what? Remember the Intellivision, Henry? My name's Bob. That's the one we play the baseball game on. Ooh, baseball. Actually, it's the Sears Telegames that we play on, but uh, very similar to the Intellivision. There's going to be a new Intellivision game console, supposedly, coming in 2020. Henry's pleased. Let's see if I can find the article. Some of you listening may have read this already. The article I read uh, from Polygon is headlined, Intellivision plans to come back with a new console called Amico in 2020. Every fancy game said... Fancy name. What? Fancy name. Henry thinks it's a fancy name. It's not really. Every game said to be exclusive to the platform and cost less than $8 with no DLC or in-app purchases. Uh, Television, the home video game console that first launched in 79, is planning a comeback. No new friend, uh, family-friendly format. Uh, it will include the original's iconic omnidirectional disc, as well as a full-color touchscreen on each controller. Expected release date is October 10, 2020. Console, however, is still on the drawing boards. They aren't done designing this thing. Price point said to be between 149 and 179. Every single game published for the platform will be exclusive. Cost between 299 and 799. It'll launch with several built-in titles and 20 more games in its online store. We want to create a console that parents want to buy, not that they were asked to buy. Okay. Most games uh, today are created for only the hardcore gamer. We see a world where everyone is interested in playing at home with friends, but this isn't currently possible because the barrier to entry is nearly impossible for a non-gamer due to the complexity of the controllers, intricacy of gameplay, expense of the hardware and software, and steep learning curve, with an unbalanced fun factor for the beginner. Our goal is to create a console that both gamers and non-gamers are able to have fun with and play together. The launch lineup includes a number of reimagined titles, including Astro Smash, Snafu, Tron, Deadly Discs, and Star Strike. I have a version of Cloudy Mountain, Crown of Kings, a rebranded take on Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Cloudy Mountain, one of the first console role-playing games, licensed from TSR. It'll also have numerous titles from the Atari catalog. Interesting. The article gives a whole list of the planned games from the Intellivision line. Among the Atari titles... Pong, Asteroids, Centipede, Tempest, Adventure, Missile Command. Oh, man. I love Missile Command, Henry. Okay. Yars no. Revenge, Breakout, Lunar Lander, Night Driver, Sky Diver, Warlords. Sky Diver. Also, iMagic titles, Microsurgeon, Atlantis, Demon Attack, and Dracula. Among the other titles, Minor 2049er, Super Birder Time. Never heard of Super Birder Time. Bad Dudes, Caveman Ninja, Moon Patrol, R-Type, Ten Yard Fight, Load Runners, Belunker, Kung Fu Master, Motor Race USA, Tropical Angel, Archon, Toe Jam, and Earl. What do you think that game's about, Henry? I don't know. So there'll be some exclusive content, apparently. The average age of a gamer today is 34, and the market reflects it with a broad array of games for people of all ages. So, yeah, they're trying to appeal to everybody, basically, with cheap games that anybody can pick up and play, supposedly. Um. I don't know. Think people will like this? No. I don't know. Maybe people with names like I'm Bob. I'm a little skeptical given that the thing is still on the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And it's another year, two years almost. Um, uh, about two years and two years and two months. Well, I let's mean, see. One year and two months. They said October 10th, 2020. So it's actually two years, not quite two years, right? About, uh, about well, two years <laughs> and 350 days. This is the segment where Bill and Henry tried to do math. About two years, we'll say. Uh, so two it's a years? Long, that's a long time in computer game world. So They probably have it done by, like, half 
half of the first year. Maybe. Or it'll take them a lot longer. Or they'll decide to abandon it. So, who knows. But we'll watch I'm, and see. I don't, I don't really think that it's still on the drawing board. You think they might be done? Yeah. And they're just pretend? I Why would they're they... like building it. I think you think they're actually done designing it and now they're building it? Yes. Why are they... Why are they gonna... It's not going to take two years to put one thing. Why is it going to take so long to put it in stores then? I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. The I don't know either. people don't know how to tell time? The people don't know how to tell time? Well, that's possible. What do you think? What else? Oh, this is kind of cool. Scientists think that they have now discovered parallel universes. There's an astronomy theory that our universe is not the only one and that in fact there are multiple universes all around us. And now scientists think they might have discovered a parallel one. I am not an astronomy expert. I'm not a physicist. I'm not a scientist. I think I mentioned before on the show that I, I read all those, well, not all those books, but I read a lot of those Stephen Hawking, Brian Greene books. I like reading them, but I don't retain anything that I've read. And it's, it's hard to understand. I'm trying to find the article. Let's see. Do you think there might be parallel universes, Henry? Other other um, universes with planets and maybe life and stuff? I'm Bob. Henry's Bob. Mm-hmm. I'm Bob. There it is. I saw an article on Anon News titled, Scientists Believe They Have Discovered a Parallel Universe. Recently I reported... Huh? I want to see a picture of it. Oh, hold on. That's yeah. that's just an imagining. That's not an actual picture. Do I have Here. an actual picture? I'll hold it up. You can you guys see it in the back? All right. It's a podcast. You can't see <laughs> anything. It was recently reported that scientists believe they might have actually caught a flashing moment of a parallel universe bumping up against the one we currently live in. That's my favorite astronomical question and kind of a philosophical question. The universe encompasses everything we know. It includes everything we know, right? But they also say the universe is expanding. Stars are getting farther apart. Entropy increases, right? The sun is going to hit the Earth in about a trillion years. The sun's going to hit the Earth in about five billion years. Five billion? Yeah. You know, everything, entropy is the nature of things. It's it's natural for things to break down. The universe spreads out. So my favorite astronomical and philosophical question is, what is it expanding into? And this is one answer, that it's expanding into another universe. And they may not like it very much. It might crash into the yeah. world before the sun does. The hints that there's this parallel universe come in the form of signals that they think are the most distant points of the universe, suggesting that the fabric of our own universe has suffered from disruption, caused by what they believe could be another different universe. So they looked at cosmic microwave background gathered from the Central European Space Agency's Planck Space Telescope. Europeans. Yep, the Europeans were involved, Henry. How do you feel about that? What? Your, the Europeans helped with this. Is that okay? No. No? All right, we'll just leave that there. Yes. They found spots where the microwave light was much brighter, brighter than it would make sense for it to be, which may be signals caused by the interaction between the two universes a few thousand years after the Big Bang, around 13.8 billion years ago. What Big Bang? That's how the universe started. A tiny, tiny, really, really compressed ball of dust went BOOM! And spewed out all this dust and rocks and stuff that eventually became the planets, and then the solar systems, and then Earth, basically. How did it become trees? 
the conditions on Earth were just right with sunlight and water and and uh, molecules and atoms and things to form trees and, Everything and is made up grass atoms. and animals and dinosaurs and all that stuff. So that's kind of cool in a geeky science sort of way. Maybe someday we'll hear about the uh, residents of that other universe kind of knocking on our door saying, hey, cut it out. Why is this humans on it? Well, the odds against that are pretty high. But you never know. There could be humans over there. And they may not be happy to have the universe smushed. Sneezer wants to be on the podcast, too. She has many thoughts about the multi-universe theory. Alright, anything else to say about, uh... About the parallel universe? This week's game is Spike's Peak! Oh, man, you stepped on it for me. Sonic Sisters, the world's first double-ender. Two separate video games in one cartridge. On one end, the whose banner awaits. Battle the axe-wielding mummy spirits, deadly moving walls, challenge five game screens, on the other end, conquer Spike's Peak, fight off bears, diving eagles, abominable snowmen, and equally awesome games, super sound effects, tough action, excellent graphics, five different screens, Sonic's Double Ender, Ghost Manor, and Spike's Peak, twice the fun for the price of one, in stores now. Yes, we're playing Spike's, Spike's Peak. Peak on Xnox 198. I think that's pronounced Zonix. 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 Sonic's X Knox. I can say it what I want. And that next thing you were reading was the supposed to be the year. Bugs Peak was made in the year 198. No, Henry, you weren't reading the whole note. That's what happens when you read over somebody's shoulder. I wasn't reading over your shoulder. I was. I'm right beside you. It's an expression, Turkey. Hey. Okay, jeez, Pirate Bob. So this is a 1983 Sonic's game. We uh worked really hard. We turned the uh, double-ended cartridge from last week around. Last week we played Ghost Manor, and we turned the thing around. It was really heavy and really hard. Yep, I got it turned around, and now this week we're playing Spike's Peak. And how do we do that? Well, we're told in the manual that you are Spike, climbing against time. Rather than following the safer way of the path, you may decide to climb the cliff instead. But such a decision will change your speed and your technique. Completing five different screens will take you to the top of the mountain. But beware of diving eagles and hungry bears that hide in darkened caves. You must also watch for rock slides and slippery ice patches. They may send you sliding, perhaps into poisonous mountain cactus. The higher you climb, the colder you'll get, so hurry before you freeze. Or, you know what? If I'm Spike, maybe I just stay home. You think? That seems like an awful lot of danger. Duh. So we're using the joystick for this one. Uh, the the, The difficulty switches do come into play. You control Spike on a climb to reach the peak of the mountain. Start on the path that leads up through the meadows, crosses rocky ledges, and advances through an icy snowfield. Uh, watch out for the bears, waterfalls, you know, we covered all that. The object, obviously, is to reach the top of the mountain before you freeze, collecting as many points as you can. Uh, use the left joystick to move, and the fire button to do stuff. Uh, the row, the di- a row of digits at the top of the screen is your score, which is pretty obvious. The line under your score, though, indicates your body temperature. It shrinks as you get colder, and you freeze when it's gone. There are four difficulty levels. Easy, medium, hard, and hardest. And there are various positions of the difficulty settings to uh, make those levels happen. The difficulty switch switch settings have different effects on each screen. There are three screens. Basically, it comes down to affecting your jumping ability on each screen, and whether things can knock you over or not. I want to read it. I'm not going to read it word for word, dude. That'd be kind of boring. 
You want to read some? Yeah. Alright, Henry wants to tell us a little bit about how to play the game. Whoa, game layout? Yeah, start there. Game layout. Tell us what the layout is. Mountains, green one, green one, flags indicate number of lives remaining. Move joystick to the right to begin your journey. Medals, green two. Ascending up the path through the metal, safety in brown canyons and empty black caves without bears. Be careful of the muddy water slides, eagles, bears, and bears. Rocky ledge. Green three. And green three and broken in. More zigzags, more horizontal and broken in pieces. Hazardous ledges to cause with dark slides and boulders falling. Both cactus to sing you. Collect port. Collect piton to protect for protect for protection and gold nuggets for extra points. Ice cap screen four. Be careful through the snowy ice icy path. Avalanches fall and an abominable snowman tries to kill you. Pick up ice pick up ice pick up ice axe for help and collect ice diamonds for additional points. Plus energy. Top of the mountain. Screen five. Plant, plant the flag at the top and you conquered the mountain. Conquered the mountain. Play action. Screen one. Starting up the mountain. The blinking dot indicates last altitude reach. The number of flags indicate number of lives remaining. Ascend up the path until the screen until next screen appears by pushing joystick to the right. Play action. Two. Climbing the meadows. Follow the path up the hill and hide from the eagles and the bears. Listen for the screeching eagles of the eagle before it attacks. Your objective is to reach the top of the mountain path and then climb and then climb screen three the rocky ledge. Get in the cave get in the cave or canyon to hide. Force the joystick down to get in the canyon and up to get into the cave. The case. Use the fire button button to jump over the water and to get out of the cave or canyon. Don't stay in the cave or canyon too long, or your body temperature will fall and you'll freeze and die. Points going in screen two. This part of the mountain is 4,000 feet high. You will collect 1,000 points for every 1,000 feet of altitude you climb. Ways to lose lives in screen two. Killed by bear or eagle, freeze to death, caught in water slide. Play action three. Balancing on the rocky edge. Be careful on the rocky edge. Walk over to the driving pit and use the fire button to drive it into, into the hill while advancing with the joystick. Do not fall between the ledges or you will fall down the hole. Use the fire button to jump from ledge to ledge. Body temperature will only flu will only fluctuate. Grab gold nuggets for extra points by walking over them. Cactus, cactus, block the path and will give you quite a trail. You can jump over them by using the fire button. Watch out for the falling rock slides. It will knock you down and give you negative points. And don't let the flying rock hit you. It will knock you toward the hole between the ledges. Use the fire button to protect yourself. Spike is a talented climber. He does not have to walk along the edge. He can climb straight or up or even diagonally, but without support 
of the ledges. Climbing progress is slower and it will take and it may take longer to get to the top. However, some climbers think the shortest distance route is the quickest. Okay, so essentially, Henry, what I'm seeing here is there's a lot more stuff going on in this game, in this game than uh, we saw in a little bit that we played, right? It was kind of dumb. Yeah, the part we weren't crazy about the part that we played. And so it sounds like you, we. It sounds like we played it on screen on the two screen. Yeah, I think we, we got to the second screen. We did not get to the third screen, uh, which is at 3,000 feet, in case you're wondering. So the manual has all sorts of strategies for each screen and each level. If you lose all three of Spike's lives without reaching the top of the mountain, you return to the base of the mountain and see that there are no flags remaining because you have no more lives. Game is over. Geeksvintage.com. I uh, thought it was pretty neat to have the uh, double ender cartridge. They give Spike's Peak a 6 out of 10 for the gameplay and 7 out of 10 for the controls. But the game can easily get old unless you play with a friend. Look it, we got a new, we got a new, we got a new person. Um, yeah. Is that a person at all? It's a puppy. Yeah, everybody, Bug's here. Bug's been on the show a lot. Henry. Yeah, every Sunday. Basically every Sunday. Seems that way. Henry, who's the most famous mountain climber of all? Any idea? Not in the game, just in life. I don't know any mountain climbers. You don't know any mountain climbers? No. Well. Sir Edmund... Sir Edmund Hillary. Sir Edmund Hillary, New Zealand mountaineer, explorer, and philanthropist. On the 29th of May, 1953, Hillary and Nepalese Sherpa mountaineer Tenzing Norgay became the first climbers confirmed to have reached the summit of Mount Everest. They were part of the ninth expedition, the ninth British expedition to Everest, led by John Hunt. Here's a random factoid. Remember that show you and Sophie used to watch? I don't know why I remember this. The Einstein? No, not that one. Not no. that long ago. The show with the two twin sisters. Liv and Maddie? Maddie. Liv and Maddie. Liv and Maddie. One of the actors on that show, the, the kid who invented all the stuff, Parker? Yeah. His real name was Tenzing, Tenzing Norgay something. He was named after this guy, this guy that helped Sir Edmund Hillary climb the mountain. He was the Sherpa, the Nepalese, the guy from Nepal. Tenzing what now? Tenzing Norgay. His, that was his name? The actor who played Parker was named Tenzing Norgay something. What, totally different guy. Not the guy that helped Sir Edmund Hillary. But he was named after that guy. Weird, huh? Also weird that I remember that, but I do. You're making my brain hurt. It hurts my brain too, Henry. That's why we do podcasts, to share our hurt brains with the, all the listeners. Since 1982, New Zealand's $5 note has featured Hillary's portrait, making him the only living person, not a current head of state, ever to appear on a New Zealand banknote. Although, curiously, he insisted that Arakai, Mount Cook, rather than Mount Everest, be used as the backdrop. Speaking of Mount Everest, George Mallory, in an interview called Climbing Mount Everest as a work for Superman, in 1923, was asked why he wanted to climb Mount Everest. At that time, with both expeditions toward the summit of the world's highest mountain in 1921 and 1922, he was planning to go again in 1924. And when asked why he kept doing this, uh, kept trying to get to the top of the mountain, do you know what he said, Henry? Never! fail. Well, that's a good one, but what he actually said was, 
because it's there. Henry's mind is blown. Dad, if I was if I was with him back then, I would go dunk. Everybody knows Tapping Mount Everest is there. Well, after the break, Yodale hee hoo. Never mind Spike. I think this podcast might have peaked. give you an idea of what we're in for, I started this field report with my occasional co-host Henry. I let him practice the game a little bit, and then he declared, I don't like this game, and left the room. So, yeah, let's just get this over with. It's a peppy little uh, intro. We got the mountain in the background, the lush green. They've kind of done a nice job of rendering the lush green at the base of the mountain as it gradually gets uh, grayer and uh, whiter at the top to indicate the ice and the snow. You can see the path winding up through the sand or meadow or whatever this is that you start out in. And it continues up the mountain. We've got three flags indicating our three lives. The sprite for uh, Spike looks pretty good. It's a pretty well rendered uh, dude with a different color shirt and pants. And Oh, we're walking. All right. Don't get me, polar bear. Oh, I'm a polar munchie. The color, the guy's outfit, when the bear gets you, it looks like he's eviscerated you, and you're just blood and guts. It's kind of creepy. Oh, there's a polar bear in that cave. I best not go in. I see the eyes. Help me. Stupid eagle. I hate the eagles. You cannot escape them. They always move faster than you. I wonder if the polar bear is the one from Lost. I intended to say that earlier, but I didn't. Oh, I was at the cave. Stupid eagle. I made it not quite halfway up the mountain, I guess. That's pretty good, right? Alright, let's try it one more time. Not today. Ow. Don't get me, polar bear. Ha. Oh. I was in the cave first, stupid polar bear. One more guy. Stupid eagle. Alright. Well. Why did Sir Edmund Hillary climb the mountain? Because it was there. Why did I play this game? Because it was there. Why else would you play this game? And with that, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about Spike's Peak. As I mentioned in the field report, 
Henry was going to do the field report, but he walked out. Why did you walk out, Henry? He has to fix his costume. No. Because I thought the game was boring. You thought the game was boring? Yeah. I kind of did too. Although, there's a lot of stuff. That's some doo-doo crap. <laughs> I don't know that I would go so far as to say that's doo-doo crap. But clearly, the little bit that we played, we're not very good at it yet. But, it sounds like there's an awful lot of cool stuff in the game. If we got better, it might be fun, don't you think? So, yeah. The, we may not have given it a fair shake. But, we were not crazy about what we got. So, with more time... If any of you want to let us know, those of you who have played this game more than we have and have had a different experience, let us know. Alright, well Henry? I want to go first. You want to do your story? Alright, Henry so, has a mountain story for us. Hit us, Henry. So, this guy wanted to, wanted to climb a mountain, but he was boring so he wanted to take the easy way, but he kept getting, but for some reason, but... When he took the mountain, he it took him like a billion, it took him like three trillion times to do it. It took him about like three billion times to do it. To take the hike because because he kept getting his eyes pecked out because he kept getting his eye pecked out by eagles and and getting taken taken away by eagles and. And he kept getting attacked by bears, and he kept, and he kept getting, and he kept getting sliding down by, by water side, by water side to right side, and he kept, and he kept freezing so much that he got, and he got frostbite, and, and um, um, he, he kept getting hit by falling, by falling rocks out of nowhere. So it took him like three trillion times to do it, to do it, to do the hike. And he wanted to be born to take the easy way. So then he decided to take the hard way. And then he thought it was too hard for him, so he just, so he just gave up, because he failed so much times. That's the end. Oh yeah, it's the end of his life, cause he got his eyes, because his eyes fell out, because. Oh, because they got pecked so much and he died of blood loss. Blood loss. Wow, Henry, that is a super bleak story. Well done. You're welcome. Audible high five. Alright. Well, my story is titled Spike's Peak A Boo Boo. Ooh, Spike has a boo boo. Spike groaned as a trembling hand found the next crevice he could just fit three numb fingers into. He pulled himself up, hugging the frigid stone. His other hand found another crack, and he progressed that much further. A relieved sigh stumbled from his throat as he found a foothold where he could stop and catch his breath. He gulped from his canteen and looked out, out over the valley of poisonous mountain cactus. I could have taken the gentle nature path up the mountain, but no, Spike grumbled. Take the, boy path. Take the mountain path, they said. See the sights, collect some ice diamonds, find some gold nuggets, they said. Well, what now? Spike squinted into the blazing sun. How could the sun be so bright, but the air so cold? At least he couldn't get lost. Which way would he go? Up. Duh. Duh. Spike looked up and up and up. The mountaintop was up there somewhere, probably. Spike looked down. He was high up, but not high enough. Maybe I should just go back down, he said. 
Yeah, do that, pansy. Someone said in a surprisingly commanding squawk. Spike's heart leapt as the unexpected voice nearly propelled him off the mountainside. Yeah, that's right. See if you can fly, the squawk mocked. Oh, that's right. You can't. Spike looked around as best he could, with increasingly, while increasingly sweaty fingers clutched the rock. What the hell? The air swirled around him as the massive wingspan of an eagle rushed past. Poser, the eagle squawked. Its perpetual eagle scowl fused with a mocking glare. We can't all be birds, wing boy, Spike yelled. Pity, the eagle said, diving and soaring to emphasize his awesome birdness. May I help you, Spike said. I really doubt it. Whatever, Spike said. Spike considered himself pretty open-minded, not hostile to bird kind at all, but that one time with the parakeet when he was 15 had, he had to admit, soured him. No time to think about that, though. He had a mountain to climb. Spike chalked his hands and hoisted himself up on a narrow ledge, which he realized was an opening to a massive dark cave. Are you going to go in, human? The eagle was now hovering a few feet from Spike. Nope, Spike said and started sizing up the next handhold. Why? The eagle asked. Why what? Jeez, this bald eagle must be the symbol of might be the bald eagle might be the symbol of America, but this golden eagle was just a turd bucket. Why do you need to climb this mountain? The golden eagle enunciated in squawking obnoxiousness. Well, Spike started then stalled out. Shut up. He started to pull himself up over the top of the cave opening where the climbing looked a little bit easier. I thought so, the eagle said, his beak nonchalantly smoothing the golden feathers on the nape of his neck. Spike sighed. What? Oh, nothing, the eagle said. No, Spike spit. Go on. Well, the eagle said, there's a cave here, a dark mystery to be explored, yet you, like so many humans, just want to plow ahead because it's easier. Easier? You think this is easy? Spike said. The mountain is huge. Getting to the top is hardly easy. The eagle cocked its head and shot upward. Spike lost it in the sun. Then the eagle glided back down to Spike, landing neatly next to him, placidly folding his wings and looking haughtily at Spike. It's nice up there. They're grilling portobellos. Take off, bird, Spike said, and once again started to lift himself up the mountain. If spitting bird at me is supposed to be an insult, the eagle said, it's not. I am a bird. Shut up, Spike said. Still, the eagle said, when you're done, if you're not a poison-filled pulpy mess in the valley below, people will say, so what did you see along the way? What are you going to say? Rock and bird trap, Spike sneered. If bird shoulders, such as they are, can shrug, the eagle's shoulders did. You chose to walk through my house, human. Suddenly the bird's dark eyes peered intently into the cave. Dang, human. What now? Shiny things, the eagle said hypnotically. So many shiny things. What? Gold nuggets? I wouldn't know that, the eagle said, shaking off the trance. But I do know shiny. Well, anyway, you should be on your way. Spike wavered. A few gold nuggets would help to make the strange trek a bit more worthwhile. There's no profit in just climbing a mountain. He wouldn't want too many, of course. Too many, uh, too much weight would be, not be good for the climb. He wouldn't need that many, though, to pay off his account at SweetMountainGear.com. Spike peered into the darkness of the cave opening. I don't see anything. Of course you don't, human. My eyesight is four to eight times better than yours. I can spot a rabbit from three kilometers away. Can you? Patricia the parakeet's voice whispered into Spike's ear from so long ago. She was also always 
peeing elitist bird trap like that. You crap on Beetle Bailey comic strip all day. Don't get uppity with me. The hemispheres of Spike's brain wrestled. Greed and impulse won. He loosened the flap on his backpack. Plenty of room. Spike flipped the bird to the eagle and stepped into the cave, where he was immediately devoured screaming and peeing by the bear that dwelled within. His last thoughts were of Patricia the parakeet. Once his snack was finished, the bear stepped to the cave entrance, flossing his teeth with a super expensive hiking boot lace. He tossed an ice diamond to the eagle who caught it in his beak and stored it in a hidden pouch. Next time, get a climber with more junk in his trunk, the bear said. A bear needs calories. There's a climbing team of recovering addicts pounding protein bars on the way up, the eagle said. Should be here about two. The bear farted and nodded and went back into the cave for a nap. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes theme. And thanks, of course, to my co-host, Henry. Did you have a good time, Henry? My name's Bob. Sorry. My co-host, Bob. Yeah, and my, Bug. And Bug. And my other co-host, Bug. We weren't cra- What? Partly Sneezer. And Partly Sneezer. We were not crazy about the game this time, but we had a fun show, right? All right. You can find show notes and other episodes and social media and all that stuff at ataribytes.libson.com. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And of course, you can occasionally find some weirdness on our Atari Bytes Instagram page. Listen to Atari Bytes wherever fine podcasts are sold, distributed, or foisted upon you, like so many flyers from politicians in an election year, of course. But do remember to approach the summit of Mount Apple Podcasts to leave a review of this show over with those folks. Why? Because it's there. Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon, uh, our, our Apple by our, our app. What's the show called? Our Atari Bytes Patreon page, or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com, which is still there. I do uh, do still want some suggestions from you folks. What sort of shirts or mugs or whatever you would like to see in an Atari Bytes uh, store? So hit me with your suggestions. And while you're hitting me, um, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. On the 15th of every month, we do a deep dive into all things Peanuts. The Peanuts Gang, the comic strips, the TV specials, the movies, the uh, merchandise, the very mind of Charles Schultz himself. We do it all over there at uh, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. You love Snoopy. You know you love Snoopy. Admit it. And if nothing else, you know people who love Snoopy. So tell them about this show. Next time on Atari Bites. What does that say, Henry? Riddle of the Sphinx. Nicely done. Riddle of the Sphinx. We're doing it. That sounds very mysterious. Yeah. Alright. That'll be next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,